This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to Around the Dial. Your one-stop shop for sports talk's best moments every day. Here's your host, CBS Sports Radio's Damon Amendolara. Welcome inside Around the Dial, the best in your sports talk. For Tuesday, February the 19th, I'm your host, D.A. And the news of the day, as we predicted yesterday, one of the big stars in Major League Baseball finally put ink to paper. Manny Machado, the former Orioles superstar turned L.A. Dodger this past year, has signed a big-time deal with the San Diego Padres. The Pods get him? For 10 years at $300 million total, his former town, Baltimore, weighing in. Here's Vinny and Haney on 105.7 The Fan in Beemore. Manny Machado comes with baggage. Is he going to be even harder to handle now with all that money for the pods? He stays in the same division with the Dodgers going to the Padres. Yeah, right down the road or right up the road, whatever it is. So, yeah, I guess it'll it'll be interesting if he changes who he is you know if he matures a little bit or i mean we saw how he was dressing out there and how he was acting i mean yeah. now he's getting 300 million dollars he's not know? gonna he, if he changes will it be for the better now he's got 300 million dollars i would say probably not ken <laughs> i mean if you want to be an a-hole you can be well he so he he ramped that up once he got to la yeah he was dirty in that series with the Brewers. He seemed to all the stuff that we saw that we sort of uh, um, gave him the benefit of the doubt for when he was here. Right. He started doing a lot of that stuff. And you realize that we shouldn't have been giving him the benefit of the doubt for when he was here. Yeah, it's it's going to be uh, interesting. I mean, now if Harper goes to the Phillies, you know, I mean, we're going to hear and see him quite often. Yes. Well, he's right up the road. Yes. And it sounds like he, that's where he's headed. At least that was the report yesterday. So Manny Machado, 10 years, $300 million from the San Diego Padres. He is now a San Diego Padre uh, and will be spending the next 10 years probably there. As a, I would expect that that's a hard deal to trade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he's done. You know, I mean, he's... Going to the Padres, and he'll be a Padre. Hey, Padre. Now, what does that say for the White Sox who were in it aggressively? Remember, the White Sox signed his brother-in-law, Yonder Alonso. They signed one of his best friends in the game in uh, John Jay, and now they're left sitting at the altar. Mm, Annie up. <laughs> Annie up, big boys. The Padres play in a new stadium. The White Sox, of course, play in the new Comiskey Park, which has a different name now. Uh, but that's, not, that it's park a dump. Stinks, it's yeah. a dump. You know, it's only a year older than Camden Yards. Well, I've been there a couple of times, and I—if you sit in the upper deck, man, you, it's steep. Oh yeah, it's, it's it's not good. It's a dump. So Machado to the Padres, ten-year, three hundred million dollars. Bryce Harper, possibly to the Phillies. They allegedly offered 10 years, $310 million. I'm still fascinated by the fact that that uh, they're both getting the $300 million that they wanted. 
Yeah, because you heard at times it was going to be a shorter-term deal. Yeah. But deadlines kind of seem to get things going. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll be a big thing at the, down in Arizona with the Padres. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess he reports, he'll report ASAP. They had to get these guys in soon because they're already at training, uh, spring training. Yeah, and you want them in shape. You don't want them coming and, you know, and then pulling, and then, you know, it's a wasted year. It is strange to see the Padres as the ones throwing around the money. Forever they've been the small market team, but last year they shelled out a ton of cash for Eric Hosmer on this very same day one year ago, and now it's one of the two biggest free agents in recent memory, Manny Machado. So for the Pods, they've got a good young nucleus of players coming through the farm system, very highly touted farm system, but they're not going to be ready for a couple of years so at first, does this make the Padres a contender? Not really. But down the road, it should if all those farmhands turn out well. But for now, the concern is legitimate. Manny Machado was a headache without $300 million. What is he now? Around the dial has turned into daily look at Pittsburgh on 93.7 The Fan for fallout after Antonio Brown. Just about every day we go to the Steel City to see how they're reacting to the newest bit of Steelers news. And now A.B. not only taking to Twitter and social media to trash his organization and his quarterback, but also doing another Facebook Live Q&A while working out last night and calling out teams who have cap space to come holler at him. He seems like a desperate lover on Valentine's Day night, just looking for anybody out there to talk to. So on this day, we listen in to Chris Mack and Colin Dunlap on the Fans Morning Show on 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. Can the Steelers really do anything right now, or are their hands tied? Let's listen in. It's exhausting to look at the paper today. There's no print copy today. You go online today on a Tuesday. It's exhausting to read. I've, I heard a theory the other day that Antonio Brown mess would never have happened if Dan Rooney still were alive. I'm buying it. You know what it does for me? That's an attempt to emasculate the job and emasculate Art Rooney II in what he's doing. I think he's doing a really good job as owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know why? Because he can't control the way other men act. He is going to try to trade Antonio Brown. But there's time and place. In the middle of February, there is quite literally nothing that he can do. Nothing that he can do. And you know what? They did act. They didn't activate the guy for the game, the last game of the year. That was a pretty that's, important That's the game. point that keeps getting lost. And, and, and Rod brings up, well, they paid him his paycheck. Well, they sat him down, which is what everybody, when they would have found out this story after the fact, would have wanted them to do. It's what everybody wanted Mike Tomlin to do all year, right? With Le'Veon Bell, with Antonio Brown, with anybody else that quote-unquote misbehaved. They wanted him to set a line in the sand. Is he and trying say to say it wouldn't this. have gotten this far? You know, well, okay, did they... Right. Go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say that, that um, and, and I understand that point of view, and I can see it too because we can all envision Dan Rooney just being there and, the, and, and his, what his presence commanded. However, um, based on – I might have said this maybe a, few, a couple of months ago, but based on what's been happening, my guess is, is that A.B. would have been the first guy to do this to Dan Rooney. 
You know what I mean? In other words, it's like I don't think it would have. I don't think Dan's presence would have stopped no. this stuff from going on with Antonio. That's Brown. the key here. Uh, We're it, dealing with a different bird. Uh, somebody who is yeah. way far off and is an outlier in terms of the way Pittsburgh Steelers have comported themselves in the past. The way human just beings are. in general comport themselves. I can't agree with you more. I mean, the guy is completely off the reservation. He's He's Instagramming at 2 in the morning while he's on his elliptical demanding more money when he's got three years left on his contract. And he's not a kid. He's 30, 30, going exactly. on 31 years old. Exactly. That's the other thing. This isn't somebody in their entry-level contract. It's not somebody who's 21 years old. Uh, you know, you this have the kid, a- the youngest player in the NFL who came in, in Juju Smith-Schuster, is eons more mature than the guy who has been in the league and gone through a couple contracts and was supposed to be on top of the mound. This isn't a that guy who's nothing been, to do with Art II. Who's been wronged by his contract either. This guy just signed the deal two years ago. Two years ago he signed this deal, and it was after – the Facebook Live video. So they were willing to say to him, listen, we understand. I just get tired of the scapegoating of others, of Ben Roethlisberger, of Art II, of Juju, and and people trying to drag him into this and say he's headed down the same road. This city and this fan base and the people who follow this team, and particularly the journalists, they need to focus on what the damn problem is. The problem is one. the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have a problem. Antonio Brown's got a problem being a knucklehead. That's the problem right now, and it has been the problem for quite a while. It's been the problem for about 10 months, and it especially hit a crescendo during the course of this season. It is now readily apparent the Steelers have to trade A.B. It just becomes when they finally pull the trigger. But if anybody is wondering whether the Steelers are going to have him on their roster in September, they are not. They will trade him once the new league year opens up in March. Perhaps a trade will get done before then and leaked but not be made official until March, just like the Joe Flacco deal. But let's face it, every single day, I'm sure the Steelers are right now working the phones trying to get the best deal. And my guess is A.B. might be scaring off suitors right now because I think the damage is done. He will get traded. But if he keeps running his mouth and acting nuts on social media, there might be a few teams that feel as though this is a bad look and they don't think that he's worth the trouble. Back to baseball. Future Hall of Fame manager Bruce Bochy announces... This will be his final season. I say future Hall of Famer because when you have three World Series titles, you go to Cooperstown. And in the modern era, the only other guys to do so, Joe Torre, Tony La Russa, Sparky Anderson. That is very heady company, three World Series championships. And that's the company that Bruce Bochy has after his championships in San Francisco with the San Francisco Giants. Giants icon Will Clark called into 95-7 the game in San Francisco and answered the question whether a retirement like Bruce Bochy's could actually bring together the clubhouse for one last year under the manager. Let's listen in. Do you go somewhere within deeper to try to win for your manager and send them out on a good note? You know what? That's a that's a good thing to talk about because – I, I would definitely try to do that without without even a, a second thought. You know, I'd be like, all right, look, this man has given his whole life to baseball, what he's meant to the San Francisco Giants and all that. And, you know, if he's going to go out, let's let's make sure he goes out on top. And so, you know, I would definitely, definitely be trying to use that as motivation for not only myself, but also my teammates. 
Well, I want to preface this by saying I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit, but with the new president of baseball ops and Farhan Zaidi and kind of bringing a new way of thinking, uh, I know that this wouldn't be the only reason Bochy's 63 years old. He's had some health issues and he's done a lot of winning, so he doesn't have much left to accomplish anyway. Uh, But do you think any of this might have to do with uh, maybe some fundamental differences between uh, kind of the new approach, the the more analytical side versus what Bochy said himself and his announcement? today were a guy that just kind of managed from his gut. I thought that was kind of a telling statement. You know what? I uh, I don't know what uh, what Bruce, Bruce is thinking. Uh, as you said before, that would be speculation. But um, I can just tell you this right now. You know, I mean, at some point in every baseball player's life, every coach, whatever it might be, you have to make a decision, and you have to make a decision on your future. And you know, as you mentioned, you know, Bruce had, you know, a few physical problems. And so he might have looked himself in the mirror one day and said, hey, it's time. And, uh, you know, I had that decision that I had to make when I retired from baseball. So, you know, it's 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 those kind of hard decisions that, that uh, you know, you, you, you make. You don't make them hastily, and you make them probably because you're looking forward to the future and maybe spend time with your wife and kids and grandkids and everybody else. Well, just like ball players, we know we have good ones and bad ones, but what made Bochy who he is as a manager? Why was he successful and able to lead this team to three World World Series titles in five years? Well, if you uh, ever watch or listen to any of his press conferences, uh, he never, I mean, never, ever throws anybody under the bus. And uh, he handles stuff behind closed doors, which is which is old school. And uh, the guys, like, really appreciate that. And uh, I think because of that reason, he had, you know, he had everybody's back. And uh, everybody played extremely hard for him because of those reasons. Yeah, and, you know, things will come up during a season. We know how passionate players are and, and keeping stuff in-house is so important. Let me ask you this, Will, and this is, you know, kind of a big-picture question. With with the game changing, uh, I, I still feel like there's always going to be a place for managers like Bruce Bochy, the, the quote-unquote player's manager. But just in general, the way that the game is changing, uh, what about a, a place for kind of the old-school style of, of a Bruce Bochy? Are we going to see guys like Bochy at the helm in, in Major League Baseball in years to come? I would say I would say yes, you will, uh, because you know I mean there's only so much stuff you can do with analytics. I'm just telling yeah. you that right now. I'm not a I'm not a huge sold on the analytics side yet. Uh, I know it definitely does have a place, um, but uh, you know guys like Bochi win for a reason, and uh, you know because they're winners because they have you know a method about their madness, uh, you know. Guys like that will will never go away. I mean, they'll they'll be they'll be other guys who will be old school, and uh, and they'll probably win because of it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. During those playoff runs with the Giants, Bochy always made the right move, and that comes after more than a decade as a manager with the San Diego Padres as well. People forget 
that Bochi was the manager of the 1998 World Series Padres team that lost to the Yankees in the Fall Classic. But Bochi has had an amazing managerial career, an amazing baseball life, and we will see him in Cooperstown. And I would think that this year, considering how beloved he is from his players, you will see an inspired effort on most nights from the San Francisco Giants. You know us around here on Around the Dial. We enjoy the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, but a story broke on Tuesday morning that the AAF was going to be unable to make payroll for the league after just two weeks of play. Is that real or is that not? It's hard to say. What is real is that they have a new influx of cash. Carolina Hurricanes owner Tom Dundon pushed $250 million worth of poker chips to the middle of the table and is betting on the alliance. So why did Dundon spend all of that money to essentially buy the AAF? Here's Dale and Keefe on WEEI in Boston. The goal for this league can't just, I mean, what is it? It can't be big ratings. You mean like the, they goal, can't realistically the goal has think, to be to survive more than two weeks? Yeah, I think so. Probably. And why would you buy this thing? So this guy that owns the Hurricanes he's bought worth it? billions. And because, you yeah, know, but I don't know. Buy something else. I'm going to bet on what is it matter? Matter? But Buy something else. Why? Buy anything else. You can else. buy anything well, he you did. want. He bought the Hurricanes don't for a lot this. more money than he bought this league, by the way. Save your money, Greg. Buy something smarter than that. You don't need He doesn't need to save his money. You want a soon-to-be defunct football league? Why do you want that? You know why? Because he probably would. Buy a blockbuster video. Here's why. That's what you should buy. Here's why. Because he's worth a gazillion dollars. And he probably wants. He doesn't need to rub it in. He probably wants inroads into the the National Football League. Well, he's not going to he get it this way. $250 million to this Tom Dundon guy yeah. is like 100 bucks to the three yeah. of us. So he says, you know what? You Maybe know what? if I can make this thing work, yeah. I might impress people in the NFL. Hey, let's start a uh, baseball league uh, and then sell it to this guy. Let's just sell him. We're going to sell the baseball he'll, league. He'll buy it. <laughs> we're gonna, he's we're in. take 150, not even 250. We <laughs> 150's fine, and, and we're going to name well, it the, the baseball league of, of America. And, and, and extreme baseball. League. Extreme oh, baseball league. He's starting with a little lower goals because yeah. reportedly, what he really wants out of this <laughs> is is an AAF team in Raleigh. Is that what he needs? You know what? Well, you now own fine. the league, Tom. You can put anybody you want. Move there. all the teams there. That can be the, that can be the hub. But right, after it. the Memphis it, team it, folds and can't yeah. get more than two hundred people next week, now you can move them. Oh, there. now you're dealing with relocation in the AAF. I love this. I love the quote. With? I love this quote. Uh, I'm impressed with the alliance's stunning growth in stadium. <laughs> what? what growth in stadium? What does are you that watching? mean? What, is, I, what I, does that mean? I think people are actually as much as they love football. I think they're okay with a little bit of a breather. And you can focus on basketball. You can focus on hockey. You know, and, and oh, by the way, the combine's going to be coming around the corner here soon. There, there's still free agency to discuss. There's going to be the uh, the draft in a couple of months. I don't think there's going to be this uh, this desire to see a bunch of guys that maybe you've heard of three of them play football every week. Did you guys watch it? Last weekend, I watched week, week maybe, two. I watched no, maybe not not one minute. Of oh, this weekend? weekend? Yeah, no, this zero. weekend. I no, did. none. I actually searched it out on Saturday oh, and I Sunday. Should, I, I, and I, I'll some take of it back. I'll say this: Saturday night, uh, I was working at Ness, and we had a Bruins game, and we had it on one of the monitors. That doesn't really count. And, I mean, and I well, so. but but I remember <laughs> I, I I glanced I, over yeah. at one point in time, and I said, <laughs> well, "Oh, wait, the wait, wait, turn that on to the Canucks game because Mike Singletary is the coach of the Memphis team." And there was no one in the building. Oh, it was uh, they oh, the Memphis game. Yeah. Their, their announced attendance was 11,980. No, that's embarrassing. Greg, that's I, not I, what I was it was. Show, I showed Rich the yeah. picture. I mean, 
Thousand? My, my daughter played college hockey games at UMass in front of more uh, people sure. than this. There's like 200 people there, and they're all spread out. <laughs> you can count them individually. First of all, all yeah. hey, get them on the hard camera side yeah, here right. so that, you know, jam them you know all in. they're doing wrestling. Yes. They were all, that, was, that was a bad scene. And of the 200 people that were there, <laughs> yeah. uh, 197 were giveaway. Do not shame this man. This man's an American hero. He has given us more spring football, but it looked like perhaps spring football could be dying. My daughter played college hockey games at UMass in front of more people than this. There's like 200 people there. I don't know if I believe any report that suggests a brand new football league couldn't pay its bills by week two. I mean, it's got a television deal with the NFL Network, Bleacher Report, TNT, CBS Sports Network, and CBS. I would think they've got enough money to keep the lights on after just two weeks of football. But nonetheless... $250 $250 million cash, cold, hard greenbacks are coming into the alliance. And so fear not, we've got spring football for the foreseeable future because that should cover a lot of costs. Don't make them feel bad about it. Love this man. In Cleveland, the Browns will have Kareem Hunt on their roster. We will know exactly when that will be ineligible for football once the NFL concludes its investigation into Hunt's domestic violence past. Former NFL running back Larry Johnson had issues with alcoholism and domestic violence in his past. He was an all-pro running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. He joined 92 through the fan in Cleveland with Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima. Seeing Hunt's problems, does LJ believe that Kareem needs to stay away from the booze? I know you don't know him personally, but... You, you've seen some of those same traits around the NFL. You've seen them cause problems in your life. Do you think he has to stay away from alcohol the rest of his life, or at least while he's, while he's playing football? I say while he's playing football. I mean, he's a young kid, that fire, that passion. I've seen how he runs. Like, at the Denver Broncos game when he got a fine, I wish I could pay that fine for him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like I'm, like, watching me, but as a, a smaller version of me. It's like I'm, I'm like, yeah, like I'm rooting. I'm like, I feel – the intensity that he that he shows on the football field, and and yes, when you get liquor, you when you so stressed out sometimes and anxiety levels are high, you want to unwind. And sometimes when you drink, you're unwinding yourself into a very depressive state and not knowing this that you just go off for no reason. Because why? You feel like I'm vacationing. I want to have fun. I don't want anybody to mess up my fun because my life has been almost 24/7 football during this long season. Like the football season is very very long, especially when you go into the playoffs. So you want to unwind a little bit. You want to have a successful season. You want to unwind. You don't want anybody to confront you. And that's what he has to understand, that people, this is more of a spiritual warfare than it just, oh, let me stop drinking. He has to understand what he, how he acts and who he is is going to attract people that are made and, and want to bring him down. They want to get a check off of him. And that's what it was with me. I knew that pe- not everybody was my friend. I know that sometimes I couldn't drink past a certain limit because my emotions would change. That if only he would bump into me, that 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 turns me on back on the football field again. He has to understand. I'm not saying you got to stop drinking. Period. You know, that's not everybody's going to be able to do that. But you have to tone it down, and you have to look at it from a spiritual aspect of it. That now you are you are who you are. You have a target on your back now, so everybody's going to feed off your energy any way they can get it. Very eloquent thoughts, uh, Larry, I, and we appreciate you taking the time to share your perspective. I, I am curious if you think him coming home to Cleveland, where uh, he's had some people around him that, that have obviously made mistakes. Uh, unfortunately, his own father has had his issues and has been locked up uh, for drugs. 
do, do you think Cleveland is a good place for him to come home to or a bad place? I think it's a good place to go home to because, like you say, he, he's from Ohio. It's a great place for him to look to put things in perspective. He wants to change the perception. He wants to change the genetic and the DNA problems that he had with his, either his father. This stuff is this doesn't just manifest itself. It's passed down. You want to break from that mold? This is the place to do it. You want to break from what people think you are, what your people, their family members, you know, think you are. This is how you do it. You understand and you put that in perspective and you break the mold. This is the place that you you do it. You may do maybe not do it in Kansas City. Kansas City was your jumping off point, but this is where you really rise. This is where you show them that you're not, you know, the problems of your past. You're not the, you know, the genetics that's been handed down to you that this is that everything everybody's supposed to expect you to do the same thing. This is where you actually rise, and it's a beautiful moment. You need to embrace it and come back harder than you were before because this is how you change who you are. This is how you change the perception of everybody around you. This is how you lead your family into the light and not leave them in darkness. This is what you do. Drugs, alcohol, women, money. Those are the things that get you to trouble if you are a young athlete. It gets a lot of athletes into a lot of trouble. And so removing any of those pieces of the equation is automatically going to help you out with longevity in your league and your career and making better decisions. And in this case, alcohol and women has been a very bad combination for Kareem Hunt. And that's where Kareem Hunt needs to figure out a way to check himself. And finally, the NCAA tournament is just a couple of weeks away now as we hit the latter part of February. And so tournament bids, bubble teams, resumes are starting to be talked about all across the country. Evan Roberts and John Jastrzemski on WFAN in New York discuss the idea that as long as a bubble team gets a bid and then makes a run, that bid has been validated. But is that true? Nova Marquette, St. John's, and I think Seton Hall gets in. But I think Seton Hall's on the bubble, and I think Seton they Hall win needs, They did. They got to beat the Johnnies at the Garden again. I think that would be a huge well, victory coming up. They have a lot of games that you circle as more key games. Marquette on the yeah. schedule. Villanova on the schedule. At St. John's on the schedule. It's that time of year, Evan, and I love it because... The teams that are trying to work their way into the mix got to do what they need to do, and every game almost feels like a marquee game. Like I know from a Syracuse standpoint, they got Louisville Wednesday. They got Duke and Zion coming to town. College game day at the Carrier Dome on Saturday. You don't want to be in that position because no, no. it's stressful. It takes years off your life. You're like, look at Hall. How's this bubble team doing? How's that bubble team doing? What's going to help Seton Hall? But you'll be What's fine. The committee will Syracuse? take care of you, JJ. Well, listen, last do. year they did, and they were validated because <laughs> they beat Michigan State, and they went to the Sweet 16. I, yeah, I they look smart. I don't know. What don't do you mean know. you don't know? I don't know if. They took down Hold Michigan on. State. Okay. Well, everybody down. was okay. picking a win. All right. Okay, calm down. Do you remember years ago, yeah. George Mason and Hofstra we're battling for a spot. Okay. And Hofstra beat them head to head. I'll never forget Chris and Mike were going crazy. How do you leave Hofstra out? What are you doing? And then George Mason went on their run. Does a run in the tournament actually validate the decision? I never thought it did. I think I it depends what you're on saying. who you play, though. You know what I mean, Evan? Like if you're mm. playing a bunch of cupcakes and you take down an 11. And you take down, let's say a fourteen, let's say a three. That doesn't. Validate. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. you don't it's know. It's like, oh, who did you exactly beat? 
When I look at Syracuse last year, you beat a team that a lot of people, including myself, right. had winning the entire thing oh, last sure, year. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So when you win a game like that and you compete against the best of the best or close to the best of the best, I'm going to give you credit for that. Oh, no, no. I, li- listen, and I, as much as I want to bust on you about Syracuse, I'm not not giving you credit. It's great. Well, don't give me I, credit. I didn't do anything. Well, them credit. Well, you, you you're like a part of them. You're the mascot I in my mind my sometimes. Shirt today. <laughs> Seriously. Out of the orange. I, I'm just disputing that it validates a decision that may be wrong by the committee because a team gets hot and wins a few games. That's all I'm saying. Just because you win it. Just like if you lose, that doesn't unvalidate the decision. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they screwed it up because they got knocked off. That's all I'm saying. I it's still a great impressive game, performance. I think when you find a way to a second weekend, though, or Final Four. Sure. It makes the committee look a lot smarter. It, it makes them look smart. I'm just not a believer in it. For Seton Hall, you hit on it with some of these games. They have to win at least one of those games, I think, to enhance the resume. It's going to be tough to beat St. John's because you know what they're thinking they're about. They picked it. off. They got screwed the last time they played. Well, they got screwed, yes. They also choked they down also, a stretch. Thank, 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 you. thank you, my friend. Hit your damn free throws. You know what I'm saying? Well, and you had a double-digit second-half yeah. lead. Find a way to win. It's like Villanova. They had a 19-point lead. They got nobody to blame but themselves. I know some Villanova people were texting me. What do you mind? Big Villanova guy. I'm like jealous. I'm envious because through the last three years, they've been cutting down the nets. But belly aching about the officials. Sorry, I don't want to hear it. Nah, I get it. Villanova's become this top, you know, kind of. They're like Duke in the Northeast. They now. really are. It's incredible, which is a testament to what Jay Wright's done. It's unbelievable. Oh, that is a hot JJ, John Jastrzemski, coming to the defense of his alma mater, Syracuse, which is. Seemingly always a bubble team under Jim Bayheim. They took down Hold Michigan on. State okay. who everybody Tata. was picking okay. to win. Right. But it is worth the debate. I mean, if you're a bubble team and you get in as a 9 or a 10 seed and then you end up winning a couple of games, does that validate exactly what the tournament selection committee thought of you? Or was that just a good matchup and you happen to have the ball bounce your way and it didn't really reflect what type of basketball team you truly were? It's the type of debates we now have going into March. It's a couple of days away now, a week and a half from March, when, of course, it's all about college basketball. I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? That's the best in your sports talk for February the 19th. I assume we've got more from AB in Pittsburgh tomorrow. We'll see you then, everyone. Thanks for listening to Around the Dial. Subscribe now for the best daily recap in sports talk on Radio.com or the Radio.com app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.